With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, it's game day. The Buffs are tipping off tonight. Uh, It's going to be so much fun. The men and the women will both be in action at 6 p.m. The men, I actually haven't checked what channel they're on. Uh, The women will be on the Pac-12 network. So uh, if uh, you're one of the lucky 16 million households that has access to that, well, congrats. You get to tune into the buffs on uh, all sorts of stuff today. Uh, Colorado's game is going to be on ESPN+, Plus, which, you know, also fairly exclusive, but at least anybody can get access. I think it's like five bucks a month, and they might even give you like a month free or something. It gets you access to all the prime ESPN articles. So, uh... If you guys want to watch the Buffs play South Dakota tonight, which you should, otherwise you're crazy because this is going to be a hell of a season and you're not going to want to miss the beginning of it, um, you can find a way. I almost said, like, DM me. I'll give you my ESPN Plus info. And I was like, well, I think that there's, like, a limit of five streams, and I'm going to be hitting that streaming all of the different college basketball games that are going on. I just love it. Um you know, I wasn't going to, like, waste a whole bunch of time today, but now that we're here, I'm starting to have a change of heart. You know, I was not all that into college sports before I wound up with this job, but now that I have been here for, like, a year, I can't imagine my life without him. I mean, honest, honestly, without Colorado in particular, but, like, just the idea of... Like, last year, I was kind of getting my bearings. Like, first of all, I knew nothing about the Buffs football or basketball teams. I just, like, had to do all the research and stuff and try to figure it out and then watch the games. And so then, like, about three weeks into football season, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm, I'm comfortable. I have all the football side of things down. I know everything that's going on. I know the names and the numbers and who does what well and who does what poorly and all that kind of stuff. And then, like, the second half of the season, I kind of branched out and started following the rest of the Pac-12. Well, now that I have, like, the Pac-12 knowledge down, I've been able to watch all these college football games and feel like I know what's going on everywhere. 
And the same thing's happening with basketball. Um, in case you guys didn't see, uh, we actually dropped our uh, top 25 for basketball season. Um, preseason top 25 on Twitter today. Uh, me and Ben and Justin Michael from DNVR Rams. Uh, I will say, I was the only one who didn't put CU in my top 25. I just about did. Um, but, you know, got to prove it. There are, there are a lot of teams that you look at and say like, huh. You could see how this would be a really good team. Got to prove it. And, and there's a bunch of teams in that category, and Colorado is one of them. And I think that Colorado will be one of the ones that succeeds for a bunch of different reasons. I'm hyped for this basketball season. I'm really, really, really excited. Um, and I hope you guys are too. Uh, and Ben's going to be kind of leading the charge in terms of our buffs coverage. Uh We'll be having him on fairly regularly, uh, mostly like after games, to, to give us a, a little bit of Buffs basketball talk. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, again, tonight, 6 p.m., women take on Western State. I haven't seen a betting line on that one, but, you know, Air Force beat them like 101 to 48 last year. So Colorado should beat them like. 201 to 48, I guess, would be how that math works, transitive property or whatever. But, um, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Little Apple Classic with the men. <sighs> I just can't believe it's finally here. And there's football going on, too. And we've got some notes to get through today. Uh, I just got off the call with Carl Durrell. Um, he's, he said, like, he started off by saying, like, honestly, I am so nervous right now. And, and and you just don't hear football coaches be that honest about that particular feeling. Like, I, I don't think if you go through, like, all the records, I don't think you guys could find a time when a coach has said, I am so nervous right now on the record. Um, and what he was talking about was COVID. What he was talking about was how things are going poorly for us as a nation. And uh, that has translated into problems college football-wise as well. Um, and, and it's been pretty clear. Um, that I should also say, college basketball-wise, there's been a bunch of chaos too. So he said like they're excited to play, but this pandemic, uh, this we're, we're he hitting the peak. He, he feels like the strain is at its strongest point. Um, he thinks that Thanksgiving is just going to be chaos. Um, and he said it's going to affect a lot of teams. And he's been praying. And his, he says his team has done a fabulous job handling it. But it's it's kind of just wait and see time. It's the same thing that he's been saying for months now, which is that like every morning they have their two hours of testing where guys come through and get the things shoved up their face, and then they have to stand there for a half hour or so before they're told whether they're allowed in or not. And so far, the buffs have been totally fine. But Carl Durrell, for those two hours every morning, just has to sit in his office or wherever he is and think, oh, please don't let this be the day that the Colorado Buffaloes succumb to the COVID-19. And... Ugh just chaos um that chaos has extended into college football 
um, or in, in, into Buffs land, obviously with the cancellation last week, with the things going on with USC. Um, before we get into the rest of like the notes, and I have notes from yesterday's call too, because yesterday's podcast was just the basketball preview. Um, I want to tell you more about Green Mountain Dental Group. Green Mountain Dental is the place to go for your dental needs. They are so good at what they do, which is cleaning teeth or fixing cavities or whatever other things that a great dentist would do. That's what they do. And uh, the, the, the reviews speak for themselves. We've been told by a bunch of DMVR listeners and members that they have decided to make the switch. Like they went thinking like, we're going to go check it out. And they checked it out and said, wow, this is a lot better than the dental care that we've been receiving. So if you're looking for a a dentist to start going to, because you've been neglecting your teeth, like I honestly still am. uh, Or if you think that your teeth just deserve better than what they're getting right now, check out Green Mountain Dental Group. 15 minutes away from downtown Denver in Lo- in Lakewood. Super convenient location. And uh, they're family-owned. They're, they're a whole bunch of good things. The best, though, again, we say this every day, but a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group. So make sure you take advantage of that deal. All right. So the USC update. Honestly, it isn't much of an update. Carl says that what he's been hearing has been positive that, you know, because there is that communication. It's weird to think about because they're like, it's USC week all week. Everybody on that team is thinking, how do I go help beat USC? Like that is the entire mindset. And at the same time, with all this stuff going on, it's important to have communication. It's important to have USC reaching out and saying, hey, here's where we're at. We have this one positive test. Um, but, you know, we, we feel good. And that has been the message is that they feel good. The, the big question, though, is the contact tracing. So, for example, um, we've used the quarterback example before. So let's skip to, uh, let's say, the offensive line example. I- I'm actually, off the top of my head, I'm not sure what the Pac-12 rule is. I think it's seven. You have to have seven healthy offensive linemen. Um, otherwise, it's a no contest. Um, with the idea being, if you are in a position where you're putting somebody who isn't an offensive lineman on the field to play offensive line, it just isn't going to go well. Like, you look at the buffs and you say, like, huh, I wonder what happens if you put Jalen Sami at guard. It's a better thought experiment than an actual thing to do because they're just not trained for that. You know, they haven't been spending all day with Mitch Rodriguez. They're just trying to impersonate what they get done to them every day in practice. And so that doesn't really work. But let's just say it was an offensive lineman for USC that tested positive. Well, then you uh, have to go through all the close contacts everybody who basically he was face-to-face with. And it could be that that was a pretty big number of USC offensive linemen, which would put them below the threshold, and then they can't play. Again, when you hear they seem to be optimistic, I would guess that that refers primarily to that contact tracing because what you really don't want to have is that whole position group have to sit out. That's how you get games canceled. If you have, like, like there's a way to get, like, five positive tests, and if you're wearing masks at everywhere you go, you're not getting into close contact with people. Well, as long as those are, like, a quarterback and a receiver 
and a tight end and a couple of safeties, you're still going to be able to make it work. Um, so it's going to be a big day. It's uh, Tomorrow's going to be a big day as well. I think John Wilner reported that he doesn't anticipate this being a, a situation that runs into Friday um, because they, they need the clarity. The Buffs need the clarity. Uh, Wilner also reported that there could be something going on with San Diego State if this game is canceled. Um, they might wind up going to Boulder. Um, to be honest, I, I personally would be really disappointed. I think that there's a lot of ways to look at the situation the Buffs are in. And in s- some people's views, it could be better to not play a USC. Um, with the idea being that there's a good chance USC wins the game. That's a really good football program. And by avoiding a good opponent, you keep that perfect conference record intact. And if you win your final two games um, against Arizona and Utah, the Buffs, in my opinion, should be favored pretty heavily in both of them. Um, they won't be because of the national perspective. But uh, then you just need USC to lose one of its final two games and you're the Pac-12 South champion. You know, that that's one route to getting to that title game, and it's shot to, who knows, at the very least, make it into New Year's Six Bowl. Also, an outside chance at the college football playoff. Um, that is one train of thought. I think it's just better to say, hey, let's go give USC this loss. Let's go, go one of two in your final two games and get yourself to that Pac-12 title game because that's the path right now. It's a win over USC, and it's a, a 500 in those final two games. If you win both, great. That's even better. That'll bump you up the rankings um, and likely doesn't get you into the college football playoff. You know, let's dig into that college football playoff. Um, it wasn't good for the Pac-12. It wasn't good for the Pac-12. Uh for those of you who don't know, um, the college football playoff selection committee released its rankings yesterday um, for the first time this season. So, so they do their top 25 every week from here on out until I think December 20th is when they release like the the top 25, including the four that will be going to the college football playoff. That's the day where they actually make their official selections, but. They've started throwing out their rankings every week to give everybody an idea in this final month of the season where they stand. Top-ranked Pac-12 team is Oregon at number 15. If you're a Pac-12 fan, you hoped for better. You uh, wanted to see them within a little bit better reach of that top four because that's what you're really shooting for here is one of those four spots in the college football playoff obviously for Oregon at 15 you know there is a chance that the committee looked at this and just said like hey they've only won three games we just need to see them do it three more times and and they, they'll have the chance to do that oh wait three more times four more times yeah four more times sorry I did that math wrong so so they do it this week they do it the next week. They do it again. And then they win the Pac-12 title game. Maybe this is one of those strange situations where a win by number 15 can allow number 15 to move in front of number 14, even if number 14 also won its game. 
You know, typically you don't see a whole lot of that. Typically, once the college football playoff rankings come out, you are at a point in the season where everybody kind of has a a standing, really. They, They have what they've done. And to move in front of somebody who's in front of them, that team has to lose. Um, because of the number of games played, though, and right now number 14 is BYU at 9-0. and Oregon at 3-0. and You know, if they wind up being a, a seven-win team, including a win in the Pac-12 title game, I think you do move them in front of BYU. And I think you move them in front of Iowa State at 13, uh, Indiana, Oklahoma, Miami, Georgia, because you look at all those teams, and Iowa State is six and two. Indiana's four and one. Oklahoma six and two. Georgia five and two. And all of those teams, they've played seven or eight games, and they've lost a couple of them. And so, if Oregon plays seven games, then they should be able to get in front of at least those five teams, and and those five teams. Uh, may go on to win a couple more games before it's all said and done, but you can even look at it at this point. You know, where were they when they had seven wins compared to, or when they've played seven games compared to Oregon as they've played their seven games? You know, obviously, like in terms of calendar time, they're at very different, or they'll be at. That was a weird way to explain this. But, you know, in terms of, like, if you just compare their week one with the other team's week one, with week twos and week threes and week fours, I I, I think Oregon would have a chance to move up. Um, Could they get in front of uh, uh, the number seven Cincinnati? I think so. 5-0 and Northwestern, you know, that I think they would have to lose a game. 6-1 um, and Florida. 5-1 and Texas A&M playing in the SEC, both of those teams, and those are the first two out of the college football playoff. So being number 15 right now kind of sucks. You, you hoped that you would be closer to that number 10 spot in front of some of these teams that had lost games so that the committee would look at it as, you know, if, if Oregon loses, that's when they fall behind these teams that have already lost games. So I, I just... Uh, we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see, but the initial results aren't great. You just have to hope that the college football playoff committee looks at this as a situation where they're going to be willing to move uh, teams around in ways that they haven't in the past just because they've all played different numbers of games and they've played at different times. Um, And all of that's to say that if Colorado wins all their games um, and then beats Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, Honestly, I don't think that gets them into the college football playoff. I, I don't think that I, that shouldn't come as a huge t- surprise to everybody. But I, I think that it could just be the, the branding of Oregon gives Oregon that final boost after winning the Pac-12 title game to get them into the college football playoff. And right now, Colorado doesn't have that because Colorado doesn't have the recent history. You know, they, the recent history gets horribly undervalued, and that is indisputable. I mean, if you were to ask the average college football fan, like, what's Colorado's record in Colorado's last 50 games? they probably say, what, 15 and 35? Somewhere between 15 wins and 20 wins would be my guess. Well, guess what? They're 500. They're 25 and 25. 
And I'm not sure if this is the week where a, a win knocks out like 50 games ago as a loss and they get above 500 because it feels like they've basically just been sitting at 25 and 25 since like the middle of last season. But I, I, I do think that had Colorado gone, you know, 40 and 10 in that last 50 games and then did all this stuff, that would be the difference. And it's stupid because that's not the way it should work, but it's what we're looking at. And as of right now, you know, some people might be listening to this saying like, why are we talking about this? You got to go beat USC first of all, and then you've got to go beat Arizona and then you got to beat Utah. This is so many steps down the road. Yeah, it is a lot of steps down the road, but also that's the ceiling for this team right now. Ceiling is undefeated Pac-12 champion. And all through the offseason, Pac-12 coaches were saying, if there's an undefeated Pac-12 champion, they should probably be in the national title conversation and in the college football playoff. So and until that ceiling changes, that's what the goal is for this team. Um, also, on top of that, if you think that's a waste of time, well, guess what? We talk about the bus an hour a day, five days a week. And so we got to talk about something. Um, so yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, there, there were no the Colorado didn't show up in the top twenty-five. You know, that's another thing that's on the line for the Buffs this week. There is a lot on the line for the Buffs this week. First of all, control of the Pac-12 South, um, the ability to win out and guarantee a place in the Pac-12 title game, the ability to drop a game and still be a pretty heavy favorite. I mean, I think if they lose to Utah, there's a 90% chance that they still get into the Pac-12 South title game, assuming they beat Arizona and USC on the way there. So, again, that's that's what's going on. That's what's at stake. Um, also a place in the top 25, certainly, next week if they win. Um USC, number 18 right now. So, there you go. Um, Before we get back into what Carl Durrell had to say, let's talk about an awesome deal. Actually, not an awesome deal that DNVR has running or will have running here shortly, but some awesome deals, plural, that are on the way. We are dreaming of a black Christmas. Do you guys know? Uh, do you guys need good ideas for Christmas, or do you just want to treat yourself? Well, we're excited to announce our Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. Get up to eighty percent off the entire store. Yes, up to eighty percent. And if you spend seventy-five dollars pre-tax, we will also give you a fifteen-dollar gift card that you can apply starting next Tuesday, December first, in the DMVR locker. Last but not least, when you sign up for an annual membership with DMVR for $59.99, you get a $60 gift card to the DMVR locker. This gift card will also be applied starting Tuesday, December 1st to any purchase. This is a great time to support DMVR now that we're in lockdown again and we've had to close the DMVR bar. We give you a killer deal on the merch and you're helping support your favorite sports media company. So head over to dmvrlocker.com on Friday and enjoy a weekend of killer deals. Mark your calendars for Friday. Gear up. Also, uh, Breckenridge Brewery is uh, the official beer of DNVR and there's a pretty fun way to support them right now too. I'm sure families are looking for some fun outdoor activities during the shutdown here in Denver. Well, 
look no further. Breck has set up an awesome skating rink outside of the farmhouse. It's only $3 to skate with your own skates or $6 for skate rental. They also have an awesome tubing hill that is currently free. Parents, enjoy beers and delicious food in a cozy outdoor setup and let the kids enjoy some winter wonderland fun. Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us during this crazy time. And there are so many great beers to choose from, whether it's the Strawberry Sky or the Palisade Peach, the Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ale, the Vanilla Porter Jr., Colorado Core, Avalanche Chamber Ale, the Palisade Peach. So many great beers that you can pick up. If you're in Colorado, it's really easy. They're all over the place. Your gas station, your liquor store, your grocery store. Um, But if you're out of state or if you just really want to try some specific beer, get on the Breckenridge Brewery website, go to the beer locator, and figure out where you can pick up uh, some Breckenridge beers near you. Okay. Um, back to Carl Durrell. Um, he, where'd my notes go? There they are. Um, he talked more about the, the COVID stuff and kind of what they're doing. Um, and the biggest change this week, Thanksgiving week, is that there's no team meal. That's something that the Buffs typically do. They all get together on Thanksgiving. I think typically, like, they can bring some family and they all eat Thanksgiving together. It's, like, a good thing to do um, for a whole bunch of reasons, but a really bad thing to do during a pandemic because that's how you spread a virus among hundreds of people. So uh, what they're doing instead is that players are going to the homes of their position groups and they're being extra cautious. And Carl Durrell really just emphasized how careful they need to be. And you could... I'm not sure if I would love or hate to have been in the meeting where Carl Durrell explained to his coaches just how careful they have to be with these. Because, like, everyone is going to be wearing a mask. And if they aren't wearing a mask, they're socially distanced. Like, there's no flexibility there at all. You're wearing a mask. You are not spreading it to your position group. Or even not even just not spreading it to your position group. But imagine a situation where, you know, let's just say it's the quarterbacks because that's always the easy example in those in these things. But say uh, Tyler Lytle tests positive on Friday. Well, during the contact tracing, they're going to say, so did you come into close contact? Did you go face-to-face with anybody else? And he'd have to say, yeah, I, I was... I was Right there with Sam Neuer and with uh, Mike Chandler and all the other quarterbacks. And then the contact tracing representative or whatever just says, well, that means none of them are allowed to play for two weeks because they could potentially wind up testing positive in that time period and we can't put other people at risk. So they are by Pac-12 rules, not allowed to play. Well, that would be pretty awful. In another world, say it's uh, Tyler Lytle who tests positive on Friday, and the contact tracer says, so who'd you come into contact with? And Tyler can say, well, I mean, I was at this house. I was at Danny Langsdorf's house, and we had dinner, but we were all socially distanced, or we were wearing masks when we weren't. And then you don't have to make those people sit out unless they test positive. Or at least that's my understanding of the current situation. So it, it, it isn't even just to stop the spread of the virus, which is obviously like the number one reason, but also the fact that it can help with the contact tracing, limiting your close contacts. Um, because that is almost its own separate thing, like limiting spread and limiting close contacts. So 
they've got their hands full trying to avoid getting people sick. Again, they've done an incredible job so far. And every day that you think about Buffs football, like when you wake up in the morning and say, huh, it's almost Thanksgiving. Colorado's undefeated. Good job, everybody. Good job getting to this point, not having gotten sick um, because they've really done a great job. So uh, I think that's all we need to talk about with COVID today, hopefully. Um, Some injury updates, though. A whole bunch of good news. Um, Chris Miller, he's been practicing for a couple of weeks. His shoulder feels good. Carl expects him to play on Saturday. That is a huge boost, especially considering that you're going up against this USC team. Keaton Slovis, maybe just a bit of an overrated USC quarterback. I know, shocker, surprised that that's happening. Um, but he he hasn't really lived up to the hype so far this year. He's made some great plays. There's also been some plays that were not so great. And uh, consistency is important when you're a quarterback, in case you haven't heard um, or lived through the last few years. So, um You have that going on. You have a whole bunch of great receivers out there. We're going to talk through USC in very great detail on Friday, and I'm very excited about that. Get ready for that game on Saturday. Um, But that passing game is so good. So, 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 so good. And getting somebody like Chris Miller back, it's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference um, for this weekend. So, that was the first good news, but there is more. Carl Durrell expects to see KD Nixon this week. This is his first full week of practice. He's been nursing that hamstring injury since, I I think, pretty early in camp. And they've been very cautious with him. (sighs) I I went back and watched the Colorado-Arizona State game from last year, the Mellon Shorts game, um, yesterday. And Katie Nixon is really good at football. I think that we may have forgotten just how good he is. You know, everybody points to the drops. Well, guess what? Maurice Bell's drop passes too. Daniel Arias has dropped passes. I don't know that Dimitri Stanley... I thought. I think he has dropped one. Um, so yeah, Katie Nixon dropped a pass. Guess what? Every receiver drops a pass. And guess what? In college football, they all drop a lot of passes. That's just the nature of the sport. KD looked so nice against Arizona State. He's so bouncy. He's so shifty. He changes angles on guys. He adds something that we haven't seen from any of these receivers so far. I think Maurice Bell has gotten the closest to being a real like run-after-catch threat. And and he does have some things going for him that KD Nixon doesn't. He is a little bit faster. You know, KD Nixon isn't like a true burner. You know, when, when you say he's a run-after-the-catch guy, that doesn't mean he makes a guy miss and then sprints 50 yards for a touchdown every time it means he makes a guy miss and then the guy who's trying to tackle him next he makes him miss too and he winds up getting these consistent seven eight yards when you give him the ball in space these additional seven or eight yards um that changes the dynamic of this team it really does um and i'm excited to see him this weekend um it's gonna be a big stretch for him with three regular season games, uh, a week seven game, and then likely a bowl game. If he wants to be an NFL draft pick, that's plenty of time to to show that he has taken a step forward because he does fit a mold that 
every team in the NFL is trying to find, and I think a mold that could fit really well with the Buffs. I'm going to be interested to see if they use him on some jet sweeps, um, how much they use him in the screen game, um, because he was good in that, in that game that I just went back and watched running the ball after, uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited for him to be back. Um, the one little piece of, well, I guess there are two pieces of not so good news. First, that Colby Purcell is working his way back makes it sound like he's not going to be ready to play this week. And then also Alex Fontenot. Um, Carl said that his injury is a little bit more severe than they initially thought. Um, it's still not going to require surgery. Um, they're not sure if he's going to be back this season. Um, but the rest of the running backs, they're competing to be the next one in after the starter. You know, Jarek Broussard, he's going to be the bell cow. That's what we've seen, and I think that that's going to hold up. Um, you'll remember that last week the week that turned out to be a bye week, Carl said it was going to be a big week for the running backs to kind of prove that they should be the next one in after Jarek. Um, so I think Brian Howell kind of kind of framed his question in that way, saying, like, you know, last week you said this would be a big week for the running backs to kind of work things out. What have you seen from him this – or what did you see from him last week? And uh, what Carl said today was a shot had a good week. Also, Jaron had a good week. Joe Davis had a good week. And uh, all those guys really had, they played well. So, how much do we read into Ashad Clayton's name being said first? I personally am going to choose the irresponsible route and read a lot into it and get even extra hyped for Saturday. If you guys want to uh, not do that, you'll probably uh, be pretty happy you didn't when we get to the weekend. Um, but, that is kind of the questions. Uh, I asked if he's still trying to get Tyler in. Carl said, yeah, we still want to find the right time to get Tyler in. He needs experience, practice well, and uh, he, he can do what his uh, job entails him to do. He can run the offense. So keep an eye out for that. I don't think it's going to be like it was in week one. I think that this is – I mean, obviously it's the USC game. It's <laughs> it's it's a big one. Um there was the report, like I mentioned earlier, that San Diego State could be up for the buffs if uh, things don't work out with USC. And Carl said that he hasn't looked at SDSU film. Um, he uh, he hasn't, like his staff hasn't looked at anybody who isn't on the schedule. Like that's what they're doing. Um, but he did say that today's a big day for the conference and they're hoping that the decisions will be made today. Um, and... Uh, if there is a change, then they'll get in overdrive. Uh, Keaton Slovis on the receivers, he said that that would be a huge challenge for the defensive backs. He said that he was impressed with how the secondary improved from week one to week two. He says he likes the continuity there on the back end. He thinks that was one of the contributing factors. And he also noted that, yeah, Keaton Slovis, these receivers, they're very good. But also, this is Pac-12 football. The skill position players are always going to be really good. Um I like hearing that. It puts me a little bit more at ease ahead of this game. Um, and then I did ask him, you know, this is a big week. This is could this is really big in determining what happens with the Pac-12 South. It's also, you know, a chance to get the first win ever over USC. Um, how much do you emphasize that during meetings? And he said, you know, it's it's an important game. It's an important game for the South Division, um, and they really like being a part of important games. They want to be in the thick of things. And first of all, 
you have to be happy you got to this point, and then you build on it. Um, you want to be in first, and that's what's on the table this week. Um, he says that it's it's kind of like a, a blend. You know, you, you don't want to overemphasize it, but you but you do want that on the table that, you know, realize what, what is on the line this week. Um, use that to motivate you. Um, and he said that he feels great about where the team's mindset is at. Um, and he also said that you can't change the history. You can't go back and do that, and so it's more based on what is ahead of you, the the opportunity to to take first in the Pac-12 South, and not so much emphasizing, you know, this is a chance to get the first win over USC, which I think is the right approach there too. Um, let's fly through just some quick notes um, from yesterday. Actually, wait. Let's let's hit an ad break first. You may have heard us mention that there are some big things happening in the Colorado rugby space, and now we can spill the details. DNVR is now covering all things rugby in Colorado and the United States. Reporter Colton Strickler is keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with the DNVR Rugby Podcast. And you can find his written rugby content right on our site with the rest of our coverage. It was just announced that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15s teams. That means that Colorado is the place to be for rugby in the United States. Make sure you're keeping up to speed with us and with Colton on the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Support this. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. You can download the DNVR Rugby Podcast wherever you download your podcast. And now is the time to do it because Colton is doing basic 101 pods to break down the game for you, and they're incredible. Uh, Colton's also bringing you exclusive one-on-one interviews with some of the biggest names in American rugby. Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us, so download the DNVR Rugby podcast and follow along with DNVR Rugby on Twitter. Tis the season for giving and to celebrate the start of the most joyous time of the year, DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all players the opportunity to cash in a no-brainer this Thanksgiving. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to double your money if either Baltimore or Pittsburgh scores a touchdown Thursday night's game. All it takes for you to double your money is one touchdown yes you heard that right all you have to do is opt into the promotion place your bet and then sit back and watch the ball enter the end zone easy as pie on top of that great offer DraftKings Sportsbook is offering all new players a deposit bonus up to one thousand dollars the holiday season is a time for family so curl up on your couch with your favorite sportsbook and make it rain DraftKings is safe reliable and secure making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience so Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you the chance to double your money if either Pittsburgh or Baltimore scores a touchdown in Thursday night's game. That's right. All it takes is one touchdown from either team, and you double your money when you use promo code DNVR during sign-up. For a limited time, only a DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Notes from Tyson Summers. Um, talked to Tyson and Chev yesterday. Um... I think that so Tyson said that USC has three or four backs as good as any in the conference. The O line is physical. They run physically. Uh, they can use two tight ends, and both of them are effective. They can split them out. They can play them in line, and uh, they're really excited to play the game. 
Um, also said that Nate Landman really knows his stuff and he's playing at a very high level. Uh, he said that he's one of his all-time favorites to coach and also wanted to note that he was improved in pass coverage as well. Uh, the reason he thinks that the run defense is going is has been so good, uh, it starts with the, them just having straight-up good football players at the front of their defense. Um, also said that uh, Coach Wilson is a great fit um, in the coaching staff and that some of the technique that he has started teaching has created problems for the opponents. Uh, also wanted to emphasize the communication with the linebackers. Um, he said that that has been an emphasis throughout um, the the off season. And he also said that another really big emphasis has been stopping the run. And, and when you stop the run, um, good things happen. That was kind of the, the teaching point over the off season. And he said, whatever you emphasize, that's what you're going to get. And so uh, that's what happened. Um, and on Chris Miller, he said that it's hard to find guys who can do all three things that are demanded of a player when they play the star position. And those three things are covering receivers, uh, pressuring the quarterback, and defending the run. He can do all of those, and so you just have to put together a game plan that kept one player... Or oh, oh, he also said that what's made it easy for them to kind of adapt without him has been putting together a game plan that kept one guy from being crucial to what they do. Um, essentially saying, like, we, we can't have the middle linebacker spot, for example, be... So required to do things that only Nate Landman is capable of doing because then if you lose Nate, then you're kind of just stuck. Uh, he also said that uh, Chris had a great camp and he's excited to get him back. So uh, Carson Wells, he said that, well, he started by saying, I know I keep feeling positive about people and then said, yeah, well, Carson's another one. Um, he has an improved body. He's playing really, really well. Looks like a different person from last year. Also, here's another great line. He's a big sucker that runs really well. True. Um, another guy he said who was playing at a high level. Um, the depth at D-line, uh, the reason that's so important is that it gives you a chance to get fresh legs out there. And he also noted that all those different guys who are a part of that depth at defensive line, they have things that they're better at. Um, they also have things that they're worse at. And that's why you're going to see them used in different packages and used more to their strengths. Um, and, and as the season goes, you're going to see more of that. It's a way to put them in a position to do what they are best at. And that's kind of the goal for the entire defense. Um, and Because, you know, that's how defense works. If everybody does their job, then you win. Um, and so he wants to give them jobs that they can do. Um he also wanted to note that the most improvement or the best development within a group was the outside linebackers from week one to week two. Um, so that's another thing to keep an eye on. Uh, Chev said that uh, when asked, you know, do you want to kind of limit the touches for your 180-pound running back who's averaging like 30 a game so far? Basically said, Jay Brew has been so electric when he touches the ball that it's hard not to give it to him. And when running backs are hot, you keep feeding them. It would be nice to get a little bit more from like Jaron and some of the other guys and maybe take a little bit of the workload off. But as long as something's working, he's going to keep doing it. That's what you want to hear from a coordinator. Sometimes those guys just overthink it. You do worry about the injuries. Very valid. But what you want to hear is feed the hot hand and that's what he's doing. 
Um, five more points to get through real quick before we get out of here. On the USC defense, Chef says they're pressuring a lot more this year. They're they're not just playing uh, their their standard man defense with a single high safety. Um, that's that's what they want to do, um, and that is a still the bulk of what they do. But you're gonna see some cover three, some cover two, some pressures out of zone and out of man. Um, said it's a talented defense year in and year out. Um, he said that he's not going to make the game bigger than it is. We want to make or we want to win. And also, the past is not a predictor of the future. On the tight ends, uh, with uh, Brady Russell and Matt Lynch both injured, he said the group is depleted. Um, they're working hard to uh, get those other guys ready. Um, and now it's kind of time to just go see what they can do. Uh, you're going to find the best players who give the team the best chance to win, put them on the field. Uh, he said that uh, Jared Poplowski is making his way back. He's practiced, um, and uh, Louis Passarello is a little bit behind uh, Pop. So there's a little update on when you could be getting two more of your four tight ends who are hurt back. Um, on the recruiting, he said that his best recruiting pitch is winning. Um, that really helps when the quarterback plays well. Um, but, you know, while it, it is nice to have this nice run and be offensive court, all that kind of stuff, you got to keep doing it. And as long as they win, the recruiting will be better. And if they lose, it's going to be hard to keep recruiting at the same level that it was at. Um, so there you go. Uh, last note, he was asked what it's like to be playing important football games this late in the year. You know, in particular, playing important football games around Thanksgiving. And he said, we used to play Nebraska on the day after Thanksgiving. That was the tradition. Um, and then when he was at Texas as a coach, or, or no, 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 when he was at Tech as a coach, I just wrote that note wrong, um, they played Texas um, on the the day after Thanksgiving. And so whenever you get a chance to play this week, that's a blessing. This year, especially because it is so rare for teams to just be able to play football, didn't seem all that likely. Um, they're not taking it for granted. They're excited to get out there and play. Uh, and I'm excited to watch them, and I hope you are too. Uh, but before we fully turn our sights onto this weekend, Buffs basketball tonight. And uh, if you guys didn't listen to the preview pod, jump back to yesterday's, listen to that. There's some great stuff up on the website for members. Oh, and I do want to plug this again. If you are a DMVR member, make sure you join the DMVR Lounge. It's a Discord server. I think you just go to dmvrlounge.com, and uh, it'll give you the link if you're the member. And... Uh, Oh, it's not DMVR Lounge. Let me make sure I get this right. Oh, uh, you just go to the DMVR.com, and there's a big link that just says Lounge. And what you do is click on that, and then you click on, oh, there's like a little link in the page that says uh, Enter the DMVR Lounge. And then when you click on it, it'll take you to Discord server, and there's a whole bunch of people talking buffs, talking Broncos. Um, it's nice and like organized. It's not like chaos. Uh, come join us because we're talking buffs basically all day, every day, and you can be a part of that. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I think that's it for today, and I will be back on Friday with another podcast previewing USC, talking about the basketball games tonight, uh, also talking about the basketball games Friday night. It's going to be chaos on Friday, and I'm excited to talk to you then. Like my Colorado sway, cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really 
shit 180. Speeding past competence and see you later, baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya, hit ya. You on your own now, why you watching the official? You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the line. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring. Throwing blows, knocking down team after team. They like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in that go, you know I'm acting bad. Get a bus with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. Have you ever seen a ram? Nine bow to Colorado. Buffalo is what I am. All the teams come and follow. When I start, hit the field. The opposing crowd swallow. Cause they know I'm about to kill. He gon' feel that tomorrow. Whole team full of war. Got me feeling tribal, Big 12, here we come, we ain't worried about arrival If you want it, come and get it, we'll wait for your arrival When you hit this frozen field, man, it's all about survival Why you make it, why you make it, yeah, you better bring your Bible Great big, blind side, flat line, no revival Get them bust, get them bust, mess them up, we say we got them If we don't, then we'll get them, when we see them, then we add them like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in that play